So, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. My name is Terry Lynn here with my good buddy Andrew Darian over at ecommercefield.com. And today we're going to talk about uh, moving a store from different carts uh, between different carts. So, he recently moved from Magento to Shopify. So, we're going to talk about the process of that and kind of how it worked on the high level. And if you need to move to a cart, uh, how you can get ready. So, Andrew, what's going on, man? Hey, how you doing, Terry? Not bad. Uh, really excited to talk about this topic because it's something that I don't really know much about, and you just kind of went through this earlier this year. So, I want to get a quick overview on how it works. So, I guess let's just start out. So, uh, your store before was on Magento, right? It was, yeah. And why did you choose Magento when you started out? Because I remember this was like in 2009-ish when you first started the store. Actually, I started I started on Zencart. I don't know if you've ever heard of that, but it started in 2000 and, and uh, what was it, eight? 2008, I launched on Zencart. Yeah, it's real. I mean, at the time, it was it was a good choice to get up and running. But uh, I think it's it, it may still be online, but I can guarantee you, very few people are are going out of the gates with it. It's it's a little antiquated at this point. But so started with that, jumped to Magento, and the reason to answer your question, um, the reason I picked it was because it was kind of the new sexy thing in like the 2010. I think it was, I think we changed over in 2011 or 12, and it was Magento was blowing up. The thing that I loved about it was the layered navigation on the left hand side, the filterable navigation. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, so um, that would just was I thought was so beautiful. So that and based on a couple other things, which is the modern cart, we decided to to migrate over there. You finally decided to move in 2014. Did the switch in 2015? What was the kind of big decision at that point? Um, so going, we wanted to get off of uh, hosting our own cart, and may, maybe there's probably some other carts out there that are uh, aren't as much of a headache to host. But Magento was a beast. You know, it was. Anytime we wanted to customize anything, it was a pain. Um, we were paying, we probably could have paid a little bit less, but we were paying three or $400 per month uh, for a Rackspace server, partially because Magento needs a lot of resources. You can, you can get servers for less for Magento, but partially because we wanted to have uh, a system admin we could call any time to get help with running the server because Magento just has all sorts of funky quirks and bugs that I had to try to hack at for a while. And uh, bottom line, I just got sick of being a server guy and a system admin and trying to tweak stuff. And I wanted stuff that didn't I didn't have to worry about um, bug updates and didn't have to worry about system and security issues. And so I looked at the landscape and um, really liked Shopify because they just had a super solid platform, a really good API, really good architecture uh, for a number of different reasons. We can get into that if you want later, Terry, but um, decided on Shopify. And so that's that's why we made the made the move, really mostly for technical issues. It just got to be a huge headache. Back then, Shopify didn't really take off until like 2012-ish, I remember. I didn't really hear about them until then. Like 2011, 2012. Like. Yeah, when, I, when, we, when we decided to go from Zencart to Magento, they weren't, I mean, I knew about them that for, for whatever reason, they weren't super on, on my radar as much as they were a couple of years later. Um, yeah, but they definitely, I mean, the last two years, they've just been, they've just been exploding. All right, so, so one thing you also did was you did a rebrand while you moved to Shopify, right? So what's the story behind it? Yeah, I love it. So we've done, I've done three migrations, and I always, whenever I do a migration, I always kind of take it, uh, at least consider it a good opportunity to do a redesign or a rebrand because you're moving over anyway. Um, and it's it's a fantastic time to kind of be able to start from scratch because if you're moving to a new cart, some elements will stay the same, but you can redesign a lot. It's it, it's just a it makes a lot of sense if, if it, you're going to redesign to do it at the migration point. So we wanted to, um, one, kind of spice up our old website in terms of just the look and feel. Uh, also wanted to add some new functionality. Uh, and also we wanted to, to really kind of niche down even further. We traditionally had been selling just radio equipment, but we, we kind of realized over the subsequent couple of years that um, 
our best customers really were guys who were doing like off-roading stuff and four by fours and, and pickup trucks, heavy duty uh, radio equipment. And so we wanted to really focus in on that niche customer. So for all those reasons, we decided to do a rebrand at the same time as we did the migration and have like kind of flip the switch all at once. So when we flipped the switch, not only did it go over to Shopify, but the new site looked uh, completely different. Yeah, one thing you mentioned in your post, uh, we'll link to this later, you did some user testing before you went live. Like what kind of, how did this go about? Yeah, so in terms of the redesign, uh, part, partially for branding, partially for functionality, uh, the first step we took was just running people through our site to figure out where the pain points were and the usability issues and problems. Um, we knew about some of them, but we wanted to kind of do it a little more scientifically and make sure we, if we're going to redesign, that we knew about all the issues. And so we just used a site called usertesting.com. It's like $40 per user um, for test, and it lets you kind of, so it's really cool. It, it lets you pick like who you want to come in, what you want them to do, and it gives you a screen recording of them walking through it while they kind of talk out loud. And we just did, uh, you know, maybe 10 or 11 or 12 of those, gave people different tasks like, hey, you know, uh, go try to buy equipment for this type of vehicle. What problems do you have? Talk through it. Just to make a list to make sure we knew where all the problems were, or at least as many as we could find before we did the redesign. Gotcha. So these guys do the testing for you. It's not like you email customers and then they check it out. It's kind of what I thought. Yeah, it's super nice. There's a dashboard. And so you literally you log in, you say, I want to create a test. Uh, you say, I want a... 40, a 30 to 55 year old male who owns a Chevy pickup truck. He has to make at least fifty dollars to $100,000 per year. Here's the thing I want him to do. Here's the five questions I want you to ask. You hit submit and then you come back an hour and a half later and there's a screen recording of the guy that, who's done it in your demographic completing your task that you can watch. It's really cool. You can look for the, wow, it's cool that you can specify the demographic because I, I was wondering like what if it's just some random person who doesn't have a pickup truck and they just run your site and it's not valid. It's really cool. It's uh yeah, it's a pretty pretty sweet little selection service you can do. I think yeah, if anyone's doing it right now, I think if you sign up for the trial, you can do that. But then if if it goes into subscription mode and you're not paying for the highest plan, they don't give you that that functionality. So it may a little aside here, but it, uh, if you're going to do that, try to do it in the 30-day trial so you don't have to pay extra for it. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. So you were just running this while you had like the Shopify store on the kind of temp domain and then you would just send them this site, right? Is that kind of how it executed? So no, so we weren't doing it. Uh, we were doing the user testing on our existing site, on our live site, not on the Shopify site. Yeah, to try to identify what problems existed with our n existing site so it, when we redesigned, we could solve it. Gotcha. All right, cool. So say you figured this out and when you actually get to the migration stage, like before you hit the button, it's actually kind of scary, right? Is there anything that was going on in your head before you started the process? Oh yeah, it's absolutely terrifying because I mean, you are... Uh, you just change. There's so many things that can break. You know, your DNS can mess up. Um, your three one redirects. We can maybe we can talk about those in more depth because those are the most you know one of the scariest and most important things. All your SEO juice and your 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 link structure can break and your redirects can't work. And um, in terms of e-commerce, yeah, it's it's pretty terrifying. So it was uh, it it's terrifying and exciting at the same time because you also flip the switch and for a couple weeks. You're like you're just up and down because you're trying to get a sense of how much the new store impacts your sales. And so, you know, one day your sales are double what they normally are, and you're just doing a jig, thinking this is amazing. I'm going to double my sales in perpetuity forever. And then the next day they're down like seventy percent, and you're just crying, you know. And, and it's it's pretty, yeah, it's a pretty exciting couple. Of weeks. Especially the bigger your store gets, the scarier it gets too, because you're breaking something that's even bigger now, rather than like a store. That's yeah. Tiny. It is. It's like, yeah, it's like juggling with, you know, with your mother's fine china that's worth, you know, crazy amounts of money. It's terrifying. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Right, so, so let's go into a little nitty-gritty. Nitty so I guess the biggest thing I have a question on is like the SEO juice. How do you 
transfer that from, say, Magento to Shopify? So the way to do that is you're going to, it'll vary a little bit based on platforms, um, but pretty universally you're going to want to use what's called a 301 redirect. And how you implement it, if you're on a server, if you're on your own hosted server, it'll be different than if you're on, like, say, Shopify. If you're on your own server, you'd use probably like a .ht access file. Um, if you're on Shopify, we used an app called Traffic Control, which works really well. Um, and when we're really, it was really nice because you just go in and you say, hey, here's the old URL uh, on our old site. Here's the new URL where that page now lives. And that's pretty much for the most part, all there is to it. So you have, you have to specify it for every product and page you have, or does it kind of detect it? You, no, you've got to specify it for every page. So uh, it, I, I've done, again, three redesigns, and every single one, the URL structure has changed. Sometimes, if you're lucky, you can keep it the same, but a lot of times shopping carts will, will like Shopify, know they have like, you know, category or product or, or, or things that are in the URL structure you can't change. So you've got to work around those, those limitations. And um, so our kind of process for that was we would go and we'd create a master list of all of the URLs on our existing site. So we'd go to like Open Site Explorer, we'd dump all the URLs. We'd go to, um, to uh, Google um, Webmaster Tools, dump all the URLs, uh, and we create this master list. And then you filter them for duplicates and make sure you erase all the duplicates in Excel. And then you've got this master list that you can sort, and then that's what you drop into uh, you know, something like traffic control. And then either you or you can have a VA uh, go through and make sure that you copy the new URL uh, for every one of those next to the, uh, the corresponding old one. And it takes a while, but it's really important to do, right? So after a while, you can turn off the Magento server, right? Because it should be transferred directly. Oh, yeah, it's all dead. So we, I usually give it... You know, I gave it a month because it's terrible. It, even if you you're live on your Shopify store, it's still terrifying deleting you know your old store completely from a server, even with a backup. But yeah, you can turn it off once the migration is done well and, and you're brave enough. So. And do you see like a traffic like drop or spike when you do the redirect, or is, is this, should it be like kind of all all things normal? Yeah. Yeah, good question. So it depends a little bit. This time we didn't see too much, and it's uh, forgive me if I'm contradicting my post. It's been like I think five months since we we kind of flipped the switch, but we didn't see too much of a traffic shift. It might have been up or down a little bit, but it was really nominal. Um, in past redesigns we've done, we've seen uh, a short-term drop of maybe ten to fifteen percent for a couple months, and then it kind of came back up to normal. And I've heard that with other people as well. So that's not. Uh, you know, that's not atypical at all. Yeah. And does Shopify offer support when you're kind of migrating? Yeah, they do. I mean, you can definitely call them up and, and, and ask them. I think we called them up a couple of times with some questions about, especially about DNS, uh, some DNS issues. They were really good with that in terms of changing the, the name server or, you know, pointing where the domain pointed to. Um, they were really helpful with that. Uh, so they can, they can definitely give you a hand with some of it. Okay. So I guess the next question is, what happens to your customer data that was on Magento? Like say all your old orders, did you import that too? Or? Yeah, and that's one of the beasts of migrations. Probably the biggest pain point is what do you do with customer data? And so, <clears throat> excuse me, for, for our product data, uh, traditionally we've always migrated that manually, all the product images and the descriptions and stuff. Um, but for the, the customer data and the order history, we've always used a service called cart2cart.com. Shopping cart migration, I think, is the official name of the company. And they've worked okay a couple times. Like the last two times, they were pretty good. This time was a little spottier. I wasn't as happy with them. Um, but they, you know, you can go in there and, and, and connect them. They, they act as the bridge, more or less. They plug into your Magento cart via kind of an API endpoint or something. And then same thing with Shopify. And you pay them a fee. I think it was like 400 bucks for us, some, somewhere around there, four or 500 bucks. And they move all of the data over. And they got most of it, but there was definitely some big glitches that caused some problems. And that's going to be 
in my experience, the hardest part of, of, of pretty much any migration is, is dealing with that, uh, that customer data. When you say glitch, is it like just double entries or like things are missing or? No, for us, it was, for us, it was not remembering who had an account and who didn't have an account. And so in Shopify, we weren't able to say, hey, you know, Terry Lynn has ordered 10 times and he's, I know you're a huge CB guy, um, you know, and he's got, uh, he's got an account, so make sure it's active so when he comes in with his username and password, we can go ahead and, and pull it up for him. It just listed everybody as not having an account. Um, oh, so you were just a guest and then... Yeah, and it was, fortunately we were able to, to create some kind of creative user flow work, workflows or UX workflows that kind of got around that and Shopify's got some cool functionality where even if somebody doesn't have an account, if they opt into an account, it will go through and, and, and group all of the identical email addresses and import their historical order histories when they ordered as a guest. So, um, so we were able to work around it, but it was, it was not ideal. Yeah. Were you guys able to migrate the passwords too? Because I guess that's kind of annoying if they didn't get the accounts. So. Um, no. Yeah, I don't know of anyone. So normally if you're, on a, if you're doing security right, I, I might be... I may be speaking completely out of my tail here for people who know what they're really talking about, but but I believe most defense sites are going to um, hash a password. So on Magento, you know, they don't store the passwords plain text, and so um, yeah, so you can't. It's really difficult in those cases to migrate the password. So almost universally, when people when you migrate shopping carts, you're going to have to ask your customer to reset their password. Um, when they log in for the first time. Yeah, so one thing I really don't like about moving stuff or just entering stuff in an user is product data. So did you guys use like a CSV import for this or was there like an easier process you guys used? No, we, we I mean, shopping, uh, shopping cart migration, they do have a way where you can migrate your products over, but I don't, I don't trust it because you've got attributes, you've got variations, you've all these things that are just ripe for screwing up. <laughs> so we, we did it manually. We, we pulled off the image manually. We wrote, rewrote the copy. Um, so we did everything manually. Um, you can do it automated, but it's, I don't think you're going to get as good of results with it. Yeah, one thing I noticed, like when you import the CSV, like the HTML code bugs out sometimes, and then when you look at your description, there's like a weird squiggly line. With like a question mark, and you're just like, no, I gotta go through every product. Yeah, exactly. Mass imports of anything are are usually um, unless you're crazy, you know, anally detailed. They usually mess up, and even then, still you got to go in and tweak stuff. Yeah, but I guess if you're like rebranding, you might as well refresh your copy, and like you might as well just kitchen sink and do it all. Yeah, that's what we figured. I mean, we were doing it all from scratch. We we did a bunch of videos over. We did um, we had Laura, uh, our content community manager, e-commerce tool. She rewrote all of the. Um, all of the copy to kind of be kind of cheeky and, and kind of a little bit more entertaining. And so um, it, it was, it made sense to redo it from scratch because there was a lot of stuff we were rebuilding in the process. Yeah, exactly. And was there any big surprises you didn't see along this process that maybe you, like, you overlooked? Or? Yeah, the biggest one was that account issue I kind of alluded to with, with uh, the, the moving the customer data. Um, apart from that, no, everything else went pretty smoothly, knock on wood, that, you know, at least so far. Um, we didn't have any huge... Wow, this, this one was by far the most ambitious uh, one in terms of just completely revamping, um, using a, 
uh, using a high-end designer, um, completely redoing the structure of the copy. We did way more in this redesign and migration than we have in the past. So we started probably talking discussions in, I think, September 2014, signed a contract maybe early October or late September, and we went live, I think, in early January. So it took... It took the better part of probably about five months, uh, close to half a year to, to do the whole thing. It, it was a lot of work. I mean, I was doing project management stuff for both of it. And fortunately, I've got a great team that helps out. So we had a couple of VAs helping out with some stuff. We had Laura doing the copywriting. Pat was doing a lot of the image and video work uh, and adding products. And Carson of, uh, from, from Shopify Custom was, was doing a lot of the... Uh, did a fantastic job, by the way. It's probably the best contractor I've ever worked with. But... Um, yeah, he and his team were just did a phenomenal job on the the design and the and the coding side. But yeah, it was it was a beast of a project. Yeah, because one thing I realized is that the way a cart has like product options or variants set isn't the same way as another cart has it. So when you import it, it's not it's not gonna work. That's like the biggest yeah. annoying thing. Like the way they structure sizes or whatever, it's like either by comma or by slash or whatever. Yeah. Oh, exactly. I mean, like moving from Magento to Shopify, we had to do all of our packages. We really had to go in and spend a bunch of time uh, manually. We had to do everything manually, but spend a lot more time kind of paying attention manually doing them because they just did them completely differently. Yeah. And if you're doing like, I feel like doing this data entry stuff is really easy to like miss stuff. Like not like on purpose, but you're just doing stuff over and over for like eight hours a day and you're going to miss something. Oh yeah. I, I'm sure there's typos all over our website, you know, and, and stuff that's, that's, uh, that's off. And we did go through and kind of do a, a proof, uh, a couple, a round of proofreading for everything, but even still, it's just, there's, there's so much room to make mistakes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. So I guess, uh, any advice for folks that are looking to migrate, uh, down the line? I think taking in, in terms of just the, the, the pure migration aspect of it, take your time with it and make sure you're, you're, really detail-oriented, uh, especially on the URL redirects. So th those are the biggest things. Um, if, if you're in doubt, you know, do a test run. So with the shopping cart migration, whenever we move the data over, we'd always do a test to make sure that uh, you know, we'd, we'd import, I don't know, 25, 100 uh, customer records first to make sure nothing was goofy, and then we'd move everything over. Uh, and then also on the DNS side, DNS is really confusing, and so I, it's... I won't get into it too too deeply, but it kind of refers to the fact that you know you've got like uh, build my online store as a domain name, and that domain name always stays the same, but your server changes and that server IP can change. And DNS just refers to what what's the actual server that build my online store or your domain name points to. And so when you change servers, you got to change all this stuff with DNS settings. And this can be a little intimidating the first time, but it, just make sure you read up on those properly because between the three hundred one redirects and the DNS stuff, you can. You can really botch things up. Um, usually you can fix it, but sometimes you can make a pretty big mess and stress yourself out for a, for a couple of days. So take that stuff slowly and make sure you understand it. So it's like when you move your DNS from the Magento server to the Shopify server, you got to point like the email address, the MX records, like the C names, A's, and all that stuff. So that if someone, e someone if they email you, it actually goes through. Otherwise, it's going to get lost because you turned off the old server. Yeah, exactly. And so like with Shopify, they don't, I don't believe they host email. So we host email through Rackspace. And so that didn't change anything, which was nice. But for your like A name, which I, A name record refers to like your, your, you know, your .com, your, your domain name. Um, and so that one's the big one that you want to change over. So um, just thinking through that, it's, 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 it's really boring. <laughs> and, it's a little, and it's a little confusing the first time you read through it. But uh, make sure 
just make sure you understand that you got someone who understands it as well as with the 301 redirects. Otherwise, you're going to really, nothing's worse than having your whole website not come up and crashing and having no idea why, you know, right after you flip the switch. That's a terrible feeling. Yeah, this issue too, like the, I was using Google Apps for email for my store and I had the domain on Bluehost and I had the store on BigCommerce. So like I had to not point the email to BigCommerce because they had email too and it was just like, I had spent like a day figuring this out. Oh yeah, it's terrible stuff. <laughs> and then if you have like a subdomain, because I use a blog dot all the other, it's even more complicated because then you know you got to add another reroute for like another. Yeah, it's funny. Subdomains people think they're subdomains really are just like their own independent domain, even though they have the root domain in them in terms of like SEO purposes, in terms of you know a name records, all that kind of stuff. So I believe again, someone might correct me here that's way smarter than me, but I think that's right. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about uh, something you got coming up. So e-commerce fuel live. Let's talk about this a little bit. So this is in October in like three months, right? Yeah, three months away, uh, or yeah, I guess two months away, um, or two and a half or so. So e-commerce fuel live. It's the it's the event that we do. We have a at e-commerce. We have a private forum um, for exclusively for for six and seven figure store owners, and it's the event we do for them every every year. We did it last year in. Uh, in Austin, Texas, had a blast, and this year we're doing it in Nashville, uh, Nashville, Tennessee, and it's uh, three days uh, of just uh, connecting with awesome store owners, people that that are running their own businesses, uh, that have some momentum, and uh, networking, learning from you know from keynote speakers, from breakout sessions, and it's reserved for it's reserved for forum members, uh, and we we. I, we're haven't uh, we probably have a few spots left I believe uh, so so any spots that don't get filled up by four members we release to the public um, and so we, we we have a few spots left uh, there for, for people who want to come to meet the guidelines that have a six or seven figure store uh, and you can learn if you're interested in about it you're interested in maybe learning more or signing up uh, you can head on over to ecommercefuel.com forward slash live and uh, there's a video there from last year's event. Uh, kind of talks about the venue, what we've got going on, the speakers, and, and it's it's a lot of fun. And Travis is is heading out this year, which is which is cool. I'm excited to meet him. It's something interesting I noticed that your community is kind of it's got more like older, mature people, whereas I kind of like the DC I'm part of is kind of like a younger crowd. So it is. It's probably I'd say our average age in there is probably late 30s, early you know probably late 30s, early 40s is probably the average age. Um, so it's. Yeah, that's kind of the demographic. People definitely more U.S. based that age demographic. People with businesses that have been probably running them for for you know at least two or three years uh, and have have a little bit of a track record. So that's that's kind of what we've we've seen build up in the community over the last couple of years. Uh, okay, check out uh, ecommercefuel.com/live. And Andrew, thanks again for joining us. And if you guys have migration issues, hopefully this episode was helpful. And we'll see you guys next time. <laughs>